All righty, good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast and Championship Weekend in most leagues is upon us. Wiz, good afternoon. How are you today? Hey, good afternoon. Doing, doing uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Not too, uh, not too bad. Getting ready for the uh, <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of action uh, coming up this week. Football, playoff implications for the NFL teams and. Uh, and then I guess we're going to start talking uh, even after uh, the Super Bowl ends. We uh, always participate in a uh, fantasy football playoff draft, so I guess we're going to uh, we'll, we'll get into a, you know a lot of, a lot about that as it gets uh, as as all the playoff teams are decided in both conferences. Yeah, we're getting there. We're, we're certainly getting there in terms of uh, playoff teams. Although I got I got to say, you look at a few teams coming into the NFL playoffs right now. And, uh, again, uh, momentum is not on their side. I think, you know, the, the most glaring aspect of that right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, once undefeated and, and really looking like a ragtag team after, again, taken down by the Bengals. The offense looks terrible. Those defensive injuries are really catching up with the Steelers. Uh, you know, I don't know. That, that's a situation, you know, from a fantasy perspective that seems to be losing a tremendous amount of luster at the moment. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look good. I mean, they're you know their, their defense has been okay. <clears throat> you know, we, I don't know if people have still expected the Steelers' defense to be a lead and just stop other teams completely. But you know, you, you lose um, you lose the type of players uh, you know that that they've lost on defense, um, and then you combine that with their offense not being able. To move the ball, I mean, yeah, you know, White and Dupree are great, great players, but you just can't have a defense on the field every couple of minutes because your offense cannot even get first down. So uh, it works hand-in-hand, but that offense looks completely awful for Pittsburgh right now. Well, well, actually, they, they did get the running game going a little bit with Benny Snell. He did have over 80 yards rushing in this particular game. I think Ben Roethlisberger just absolutely looks terrible. And, and, and that's the point I wanted to make. Right now, you know, you were leaning early on in the year, leaning on guys like Claypool. Juju's role in this offense, he better stop dancing on logos, by the way, because that pop that he got was clearly a result of that. Um, Deontay Johnson... Still showing some signs of consistency in terms of production. I don't know. I can you feel really good about this particular group right now, rolling them out as you go into the playoffs? No, I mean, and first of all, Benny Snell. You know, the, the total yards is one thing, but one of that was the Bengals up seventeen nothing. Uh, you know, having a good lead, a ten point lead, a two score lead. And like you know, they they were just not concerned about really running the ball. So I, I just haven't seen Pittsburgh run the ball in a tight game when the other team is concerned about the run. Because in the first half, um, when it was the score was you know very very close, and neither team could do anything, uh, there, was, it, there was again just no semblance of the running game. So yeah, he got some yards, but uh, I, I wouldn't be feeling good about that. And uh, and as far as the passing game, to your point. Um, it, it looks, it looks horrendous. I mean, yeah. I mean, the one thing about Roethlisberger is like if you gave him time, he'd be able to hurt you with the deep ball. But um, it just looks like um, he just he just can't put anything on the ball to get the ball down the field. His accuracy is not good. He's not even reading the field. Oh well. I mean, it just 
it's it's a, it's a disaster. And uh, lo and behold, if the Steelers lose to the Colts and the Browns beat the Jets, that Week 17 game between the Steelers and Browns is going to be fed division. Who could have who would have thought that? Yeah, just, just remarkable. And, and you know, to, to be fair, Baker Mayfield has played better in the last few weeks. You know, they got themselves out of those. Um, Poor weather conditions. They've played in slightly better conditions. I was really surprised the other night, actually, against the Giants. And, and you know, we've talked about the Giants' defense, uh, particularly a couple of guys in that secondary. They got an all-pro in, in, in Bradbury. But once again, you know, Baker Mayfield, a pretty solid effort. You know, and you come down to the end of the season here, Wiz, and, and it's kind of interesting. We're looking at quarterbacks who are hot right now. Mayfield, Trubisky, Jalen Hurts. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Raiders this week. I think I think Mariota is not going to be getting the starting nod. It looks like De- Derek Carr is actually practicing. But is there if you're in the finals here and you're you know maybe thinking about a situation, maybe your quarterback was Breeze, maybe it's Tom Brady who looks like he's taking time to get going. Certainly, guys like Jared Goff, you can't have confidence in them. But I, the guys I mentioned right now, the, the Mayfields, the, the Hurts, and the Trubisky's, these are guys that are actually pretty hot coming into the playoffs. Do you take that opportunity to say, you know what? I'm in this situation, by the way, this weekend. I got Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts on one team. I'm starting Jalen Hurts in this particular matchup. Dallas Cowboy defense, not a good defense. I just think he's looked really good. And to me, you know, the chemistry between Brady and Godwin has not been there all season long. He certainly established a bit of one with, with, um, with Mike Evans. But I just don't have the confidence in, in that offense at the moment that I'm going to feel that there's going to be a consistent consistent effort put forth. So I'm starting Jalen Hurts this week over Tom Brady. Am I crazy or not? No, I mean, you know, the matchup is is so good. I mean, again, Dallas, you know, I, 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 could, I could understand it. Plus, he gives you the threat, you know, maybe rushing for – 50, 60 yards, maybe even having a touchdown. So I can understand it. I mean, I think at this stage, uh, a lot of these so-called sure thing quarterbacks coming into the year have either been inconsistent or a little bit of a disappointment or things have happened. So, yeah, this always happens. This is what makes fantasy football fun. At the end of the year, there are always these type of players that maybe, you know, like in the case of Jertz, wasn't even on the field for most of the year. And then he becomes a fantasy football uh, winner for teams. And uh, same kind of thing with Jonathan Taylor, who I said was going to be a guy that could win people, you know, some leagues because he, I don't think he was used the right way. Maybe he, his confidence was down, but now it's like the Colts have said, yeah, you know, scrap this committee and we're going to go with Taylor, and uh, he's uh, he, he he's done what I thought he was going to do. Yeah, he's playing well. He's got a little bit more challenging of a matchup this week against the Steelers. They'll be outside. Uh, you know, he's had some nice games in the warm uh, dome of Indianapolis. Uh, but I'm looking to see. I'm looking forward to see. I actually in in. In two of the leagues that I'm in, in the finals that I'm in uh, this this year, uh, Jonathan Taylor is one of my running backs. So I'll be rolling him out there uh, with some confidence. And, you know, you mentioned every time you get down to the end of the year, injuries start being a part of what's going on. And, you know, I think about a lot of different storylines with the running back position. So 
Here's James Robinson, tough matchup, great year, uh, terrific touchdown catch this past Sunday. He comes into this game a little banged up playing the Chicago Bears. I, I've seen where Ezekiel Elliott and Antonio Gibson have gotten back onto the practice field. So what those situations are going to turn into, we know how great Pollard looked at last week. Salvin Ahmed for the, for the Miami Dolphins, terrific effort last week. But it looks like, um, it looks like Miles Gaskin is going to play. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of curious how you'd be looking at those situations. I mean, I personally am avoiding, you know, Antonio Gibson, the one league I have him in. I'm not going to start him. I'm disappointed that Pollard is is seeing Ezekiel Elliott get back on the field. But this is this is make or break time last week of the season for, in most cases. And they're tough decisions that you have to make as a result of that. And, you know, we've had guys that have been very steady over the last few weeks. The Derrick Henrys have been incredibly steady every single week, solid output. We know Darren Waller, for example, has been incredibly um, consistent in his performance. But, you know, these situations at running back, what is an owner to do, you know, with the James Robinson situation? You know, that is a tough matchup to start. And I'm curious, you know, no Mostert now. Is this going to be Jeff Wilson's show? Is that is that the way the direction that that's going to go in? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be, you know, mostly Jeff Wilson now. I saw that they sprinkle in Kevin Coleman a little bit. So you may see him, and you may see some McKinnon and C.J. Bethard uh, is quarterbacking as well. So there's different variables you have to take in consideration. But specifically about the Cowboys situation, here's the advice I would give people who are listening about the Ezekiel Elliott Pollard is there is no way under any circumstances that I would start Ezekiel Elliott this week. So – one option would be if you just have another running back situation to turn to, I would do that. Or if you have to start somebody in the Cowboy backfield, there's no question I'm starting Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott. I don't care if Elliott's playing. I don't care if they announce Elliott's going to be the starter. I don't care if they announce that he's feeling much better. So I'm either avoiding the Cowboy running backs or if I have no other choice and I have to start one of them, I'm starting Pollard. Yeah, and you know, we look at a situation last week, for example, where we know multiple people who were burned by the decision to play Keenan Allen in that particular game. And, you know, that was a Thursday night situation, which made it so tenuous to start. Uh, I, you know, hopefully you'll have clarity about this, you know, before this the game this week, because if he's not on the field, and hopefully he's not, you have a very defined answer. Because, you know, in that particular game, you know, Justin Herbert certainly found guys like Tyron Jackson, Tyron Johnson, uh, 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 Guyton as well. Both of those guys had pretty good ball games. So it'll be nice to get some clarity. We know Mike Williams banged up as well. It just sucks when you have to deal with this uncertainty around injuries. And I just think when you're dealing with that sort of stuff, you kind of have to avoid the situation. Yeah, I mean... The Thursday one was a tricky one because, you know, you just get the you just got the impression that he was going to use be used sparingly. But I'll tell you, this week, the fact that it's a good ten days off um, from the Thursday game till this upcoming Sunday, if I own Keenan Allen, I'm sending that player out there with complete confidence. 
All right, there you go. So speaking of confidence, uh, you know, <laughs> beginning of the year, first eight to nine weeks, we're talking about MVP candidates, and, and Russell Wilson was at the top of the list at quarterback. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't think you can start Russell Wilson at this point in time. Uh, if you're in a championship game, and I had someone ask, this, ask me this question specifically. I got Russ Wilson, and I got Ryan Tannehill. And I said unequivocally, if you look at what Ryan Tannehill has done this year, and, you know, 35 total touchdowns, they're putting up points every week. It's not just the Derrick Henry show. Uh, Corey Davis has finally showed up. Uh, our boy Term will be very happy about that. He has finally showed up to be a consistent um, producer in this offense. We know what A.J. Brown has done. Uh, it looks like they rediscovered John o. Smith a little bit outside of the end zone. I'll tell you what, if I had the choice and I told my buddy, look, you got a choice between Tannehill and, and, and Russell Wilson, I'm starting Ryan Tannehill this week. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah, I think that's that's not much of a decision, to be honest, at this stage, you know, considering the matchups. Tannehill, you know, figures that game figures are getting Green Bay to be kind of a wide open game and you know, Seattle against the Rams. You know, you, you, you know, the Rams, look, Jalen Ramsey put a complete donut on, on Metcalf basically the first time around. And uh, and I'm not saying, no, it's going to happen again. I'm sure Metcalf will make his plays and I'll throw to him a lot more in this game. But given the two choices, uh, that one's an easy one for me. I'm starting Tannehill as well. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty assertive with that decision. And you know, I think a lot of people want to hang on to their stars, but you know, quite frankly, guys are hot right now. There are a lot of players that have gotten you here. We know how hot David Montgomery is. You know, it's so funny with the Chicago Bears that offense has kind of woken up since Matt Nagy's given up uh, play calling duties there. Uh, you know, and Montgomery's got an unbelievable matchup this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who cannot stop anybody. Uh, I am going up against him and super nervous about that because that player has been, you know, kind of one of these defining fantasy playoff players like we saw with Kenyon Drake last year. David Montgomery is as hot as you get, and the matchups have been in his favor. That's fine, but he's running hard. He's running aggressive. The play calling is different, and what's not to love about that situation? Yeah, I mean, he's one of these guys down the stretch who's getting as many carries as he could possibly you know, handle. Um, you know, he didn't start off the season like that. There's a lot of things that took place. He, you know, Tony Cohen got hurt. Then Montgomery himself got hurt and came back. And it was the offense was inept with Nick Foles. But yeah, their offense is, is clicking and it looks better. And uh, I like Montgomery out of Iowa State. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be a, a, you know, a terrific player. Um, and he was, you know, had a horrible rookie season, but I'll tell you, at running back, a lot of times from year one or year two, you know, the game slows down a little bit, you know, you're a little bit more patient as a running back, and, uh, you know, he's he's evolved, and I've always wanted him to be used more out of the passing game, and he's been used a little bit more, and uh, I think that's where he could really excel as well, so, yeah, I mean, if you stuck with Montgomery, and you're rolling with him, you know, Congratulations. It's fantastic. Yeah, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, um, now we know Drew Brees went down a few weeks ago. He finally came back in, in week 15. Took him a while to get going in that ball game. We know there's no Mike Thomas, but it's been really head-scratching about the usage of 
uh, Alvin Kamara here as we kind of wind down the season. And even in a game where Drew Brees was back and there's no Mike Thomas, you think it's going to be a big effort uh, for Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Only three catches this past week. You know, I, I, I don't know. Are you supposed to be nervous about what's going on there as well? I mean, look, these are guys that you spent money in an auction draft on, a high pick in a snake draft, you're in the championship, you have them on your roster. You know, again, I understand, you know, if you're a little bit apprehensive about putting that player out there, but I, I don't know. Against the Minnesota Vikings this week, it's not a good Vikings defense. I think you got to be confident in putting Alvin Kamara out there. I think they'll still certainly look to get him more involved in the passing game. Their offenses look very strange, no question about it. You got to remember, like I said, this is Drew Brees' first effort back. I see a big game from Kamara this week. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that that's right. I mean, I don't know the story with Kendricks for the Vikings if he's going to play or not. But that's a you know, if he's not, that's a that's a big big deal. Um, he's one of the best linebackers in football, and he'd be assigned to Kamara a lot in that game. But I'm with you. Uh, Kamara's a, a full go for every fantasy football owner this week. Yeah, and you know, it's it's good to see that a couple of these quarterbacks that kind of took a few weeks off or took a while to get going, uh, starting to bounce back. Uh, the Baltimore offense looks like it's back, uh, starting to churn out yards consistently. Look, Mark Ingram is 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 not even touching the ball anymore. So J.K. Dobbins is is become the dominant back there, and if not him, Edwards is doing the damage. But but it looks like Lamar Jackson has kind of reestablished his 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 verve that he had last year. I was certainly very impressed with what we saw out of, out, of, out of Kyler Murray. You know, these guys are getting hot at the right time. Great performances by both of those players, dynamic players, and they 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 look like they're ready to roll into championship week. Yeah, I'm interested to see this week um, if the Giants can kind of corral Lamar Jackson to what they kind of did against uh, Russell Wilson a couple of weeks ago. So I'm interested in that. I mean, I know Lamar Jackson has had a couple of good games, but, you know, Cleveland's defense, the Jags' defense, let's see what he does against the Giants' defense before I'm, you know, going to be completely sold on that one. Uh, but I will say if the Ravens get in the playoffs, they're a team that you do not want to face because I think this is when they're at their best. They don't necessarily want to be like considered the chief rival to beating Kansas City or the main rival against Kansas City. I think like kind of like coming in under the radar and getting in, I think um, if they do get in, they're, they could be a very dangerous team. Yeah, they, they've definitely picked it up uh, quite a bit. Uh, they've finally figured it out way, even though I know he's had some issues with drops, but they've been getting Hollywood Brown more involved in the playmaking role. Des Bryant caught his first touchdown in, uh, I don't know, three seasons or something like that. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's, he's putting them on the field. He's, he's playing them, and yeah, I'm not saying that you should play him in your fantasy league, but, but nonetheless, they have figured out a way to start getting Marquise Brown more involved in this offense. No, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, they have to, they have to be able to make some plays with, you know, through the passing game, and they got to get back to that, and and hitting Andrews down the field in the seam, and making some plays to respect that a little bit. Um, 
otherwise, uh, you know, it, it may be a little bit more difficult for Lamar Jackson, but if he's able to do that and with the running game and Dobbins getting better and better, uh, like I said, the Ravens are a team that you probably do not want to play in the playoffs. So it is quite interesting, Wiz. I was looking at the weather forecast, as I always do, uh, coming into each and every week. And, uh, you know, so there's five games that are in domes. Very little wind around all of the country. There's one game right now that is in question in terms of weather. Uh, And it could produce a lot of points under, if we were in a dome, it would probably be a pretty high over-under. As we know, Green Bay in the month of December, anything can happen. Uh, It's going to be cold. There's some snow and wind in the forecast, mostly early in the day, but it may linger into kickoff. So here's a situation, you know, let's look at Aaron Rodgers, who's carried a lot of fantasy teams this year, even though expectations probably weren't that high coming into the season. But he's had a remarkable season, leads the NFL in touchdown passes. He had a great first half last week. He did absolutely nothing in the second half. And you come into a game where there's a question on weather. And maybe you have a quarterback with a better matchup, more enticing. Do you actually have the notion to sit someone like Aaron Rodgers to you know, even I'll, I'll bring up a Jalen Hurts or a Drew Brees against Minnesota, for example. Do you do you watch yourself here? Because it, let's say that weather forecast turns even worse for the for, for you, and it's a late night game, and you don't exactly know what's going to transpire. How do you kind of deal with that situation? Yeah, that gets a little that gets a little tricky, but I don't think it's like you know, a one-size-fits-all where you're like, okay, you either play Aaron Rodgers no matter what or you bench Aaron Rodgers no matter what. I think it's the alternative. If the alternative is Jalen Hurts and the wind doesn't look good, I mean, and the weather looks difficult and it looks like, you know, it may be difficult in in, in two of the different quarters uh, of the game to be throwing the ball because it could be gusting winds. Yeah, I mean, I think you may have to really consider that. But unless it's like another top 10 guy for the week that you're feeling extremely confident about, I mean, cold weather, Aaron Rodgers loves playing in that. And uh, he feels that's the advantage that they have over other teams. Uh, He's not bothered by it. He loves throwing in it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not so worried about the – I'm not concerned about temperature in these types of things. I'm looking at, like, wind gust and – and uh, how difficult it will be to throw the ball as opposed to the cold. Because it, the cold weather, it, it just doesn't affect him. I mean, he's just he, he's throwing the ball all over the place. So um, if it's just cold, I'm going to start Aaron Rodgers. All right, so let me, uh, l- let me ask you a question here. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, we know they have been clicking all season long. Uh, so now they've lost their lead back um, in, 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 um, in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is there. Uh, obviously, they still have Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson probably will be active in this game. What is your what is your thought process on how that's handled? They get, on paper, great matchup, right? Atlanta Falcons, not not a super defensive team. Uh, I expect some points to be put up in this particular ball game. Is it a situation where you can be confident in Le'Veon Bell actually being the producer here, or is this the type of situation where you know what Mahomes could just drop back fifty times in this ball game and just wing it all over the lot? The latter, the latter. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm just not starting Le'Veon Bell. I'm not, I mean, it would have to be a situation where you have running backs that are hurt and or terrible matchups. 
I'm not starting that player. I don't care if he gets the lion's share of the carries in that game against Atlanta. He he just not he doesn't look good to me. Uh, with that being said, I know it's going to probably be kind of a 50-50 split. Uh, I think you know Daryl Williams will, 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 will get in there a lot. Uh, I think you may even see some Dolan Thompson as well. So now, I mean, I'm in complete desperation mode. Uh, I am not starting Lady Bell. Yeah, that's kind of my gut feeling as well. I, you know, I just think he has not. It doesn't really hit the hole with the same aggressiveness. Uh, it, it just, you know, to me, it doesn't feel right. And I think it's a situation that you can't, you know, thinking that one just because uh, by 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 process of elimination, you have a guy like Clyde Edwards-Lair not, not part of the equation, it doesn't automatically mean the next guy slides in. I think in some situations you can be confident about that. And in this particular one, that's not one that I actually kind of buy into. So, And, and then the last no, thing – go mean, ahead, sorry. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to add that in, in the situations where Le'Veon Bell has gotten in there, there's been times where Edwards-Lair wasn't playing great or – uh, they just gave Raven Bell, you know, an extra chance. He he, he didn't distinguish himself, so I'm a, I'm agreeing with you on that point. All right, so l- let me ask you this. You know, I, I I'm still in kind of astonishment that uh, the, the, that the New York uh, Jets. Uh, defeated the Rams last week. Um, we know all the implications around that victory. But, you know, l- let's look at a few. I just want to ask you about two situations in particular. You know, and, and we've looked at, you know, we've got we've got the Carson Wentz story, this money that's being thrown out to these quarterbacks. And I think there's some lessons to be learned here. Uh, but we see what's kind of going on there. But I, I, look at, I, I look at a situation like Jared Goff, who had a lot of money thrown his way, I don't like what I see from this offense at all. We've talked about this for a couple of years now. It does not look right. Sean McVay, whiz kid, that doesn't look right. And then the flip side in the AFC, I look at a lot of offensive talent on that Denver Bronco team, and I know Drew Locke has had some okay games, but boy, oh boy, there's a lot of inconsistency there. So, I think I don't think you'll see Drew Locke signed to a long-term con- contract here. I think the same could be said about Sam Darnold. I don't know how that kind of plays out, but you know what are you thinking about these quarterback situations now? It, it, do you think philosophically teams will kind of shift gears here? Because right now, Jared Goff, after that stink bomb that they threw up against the Jets, are you really going to have confidence in, in, in rolling players there? And by the way, Cam Akers won't be playing this week. Um, you'll see Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown in that game. Uh, but I, I think the quarterback position in particular, the money that's been thrown around at the position, I think it's going to be done with a little bit more due diligence given kind of some of the roadkill that we're kind of watching play out here uh, in some of the situations in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it just it makes you appreciate um, the – Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees of the world, even Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, sure, like especially in the case of Roethlisberger and Rivers, you know their their career both you know careers are coming to a close and and there's a decline in their play. You know that's been obvious for you know a year or so, uh, two years probably in the case of Rivers. But it just goes to show, like, you have to be so sure about that money that you are paying because I think we've talked about this, how much of the salary cap percentage-wise 
these teams give their quarterback. And uh, let me put Russ Wilson in that list because Seattle decided to, you know, make him a Seahawk long-term and give him that money. And, you know, outside of those other guys, those five, six guys, and, of course, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, you'll be putting in that category as well, it it really could set a franchise back. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff is just too inconsistent for me. He can be terrific at times, poor at other times. I just feel like he's a guy that he's going to need a running game and a rock-solid defense uh, because, you know, they, they he, he's just too inconsistent. And they're the type of team that when they're on their game, they could play with anybody, and they literally could get beat by anyone. And we just saw that. They got beat by anyone, the worst team in football this past weekend at home. So – it's difficult, and uh, I think that you have to be very, very careful and cautious uh, about giving that money. And I think that's probably what was or is in the mind of Jerry Jones and his family, um, you know, deciding what to do with Dak Prescott as well. All right, so that's going to be uh, all that I have to add on, on kind of the recap as we head into this week. Any any further thoughts before we talk about the Christmas Day special game, uh, which will be the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints? No, I think um, I, I just we, we really didn't touch much on the Dolphins. And, uh, oh, boy, Eric Brown, he always listens to the podcast, and he loves when we give him a shout-out. And his Dolphins, guys, are unbelievable. The best Dolphins fan I know. I mean, through the worst of times, the guy still went to football games there. Uh, and I'm happy uh, for him that the Dolphins are being successful. But I, I just want to talk about that game real quick and just say, man, Tua, <laughs> without his two best weapons, I guess if you consider Gaskin the lead guy against Gasecki, Parker, and Gaskin, his three top weapons – um, against the Bill Belichick team who pounded Herbert 45 nothing this season, played a terrific game. He had a bad turnover uh, at, the, you know, at the goal line, but he bounced back, and uh, he, he was terrific. And uh, that Dolphins team is, uh, is, just, is, just, is just really playing well. And uh, I, I do hope they make the playoffs. They, they deserve it. That's really just wanted to add just about Miami because uh, that, that was an impressive win. I think people, for the most part, when they saw who were the inactives last week, that, yeah, Belichick, and now they have no weapons, that's going to be a loss. But, man, Tua played a smart, smart game, and that Dolphins defense um, is it shows up every single week. So, uh I'm really happy for Miami. Yeah, and Wiz and I talked a lot about the Miami Dolphins. We thought that they could be a playoff team. Uh, we know what they did last year at the end of the season. They played well. They played. They responded to Brian Flores. He's definitely got this team in the right direction. We we actually sat here on this show. We questioned the change in quarterback at the time uh, going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But look, it looks like the right decision. Tua has impressed me. And as you mentioned, he's done it at times without weapons all over the place. Let, let, also, remember, they lost Preston Williams early on in, in the season as well. Uh, you know, a lot of players... They, they were out there. Their main two receivers this week were Lynn Bowden Jr. and Mac Hollins, who was an Eagles cast off. Those are their main two receivers because Grant 
Grant was hurt as well. So it's pretty remarkable. Uh, as you mentioned, the defense, they have been consistent week in and week out, a formidable, formidable defense in terms of fantasy from a, from a fantasy perspective. So I am very happy for the Dolphins. I got a buddy of mine, Scotty Linskog as well, who is a huge Dolphins fan, kind of like Eric in that no matter what, he's kind of watching them. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, just a, just a remarkable effort by them. And uh, look, that's, that's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, Saturday night, uh, the, the NFL decided that that was going to be the kind of the cornerstone game of the night uh, for the Christmas special weekend. Uh, and you're going to see the Miami Dolphins playing against the Raiders, who were definitely going in the wrong direction right now in terms of record. Um, and I thought it was very interesting, obviously, what Mariota did last week. But, you know, Dolphins... You know, they're feeling good. They're traveling to that beautiful new stadium in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to watching that game on Saturday night. You know, I don't know. Do you do you roll the dice, like I said, with with Derek Carr, or, or you stick with Mariota, who played pretty well? But no matter what you can say, the Miami Dolphins, they definitely have come to play this year. Very impressive effort. I will say one other thing. To me, it's very clear. We talked about this a little bit already. Cam Newton is just a it's, – it's, to me – you, that guy needs to go back to school to learn how to throw the football because it looks completely over to me. Yeah, there's no, uh, <clears throat> there's no question about that. We'll talk more about that <clears throat> maybe uh, a little bit later in the week. So, do we want to talk about the, uh, the the Saints Vikings a little bit? Who we like? Any uh, DraftKings player props? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the Vikings uh, will be playing against the uh, will be playing against the New Orleans Saints this week okay. in New Orleans. Uh, I think I think the one thing here, Drew Brees, like I said, took a little bit of time to get back on his feet in that ball game. A little bit of a slow start, started clicking later in the ball game. We know they have a banged up receiving core. I say one thing in this particular game which kind of alarms me, and that is the secondary of the Saints is a bit banged up, and we know how gifted the two receivers here. Uh, looks like Kyle Rudolph's going to be out again, so Irv Smith Jr. is your tight end to start in Minnesota. It's a seven-point spread right now. The over-under is 51. I don't know. I've got a feeling in this particular the ball game. When I look at that line at 51, it looks very high to me. Uh, but I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty high-scoring ball game. I, I just, to me, it just resonates that that a lot of people aren't. Expe- I, I, I mean, I think the under. It would, if you ask me if I had to bet something, it would be the under. I'm surprised it's high as as high as 51. Quite frankly, I thought it would be lower. And it's one of those lines that I look at to come into the week that I say, hmm, that does not look right. So you, I think this is going to be a high-scoring football game. I expect that Viking duo at receiver to have a very, very big game, uh, both of them actually. And that's kind of the way I'm approaching this particular ball game. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't really have a view on the total. I think the Saints are going to blow out the Vikings in this game. Um, you know, if you think about the Saints these last couple of years, I was just thinking about the Saints because being a Minnesota Vikings fan, nobody has more of a tortured history except, I guess, if you're a Bills fan, I guess, you know, Vikings fans and Bills fans can commiserate and try and figure out who's been more tormented. But if you think about the Saints the last couple of years, how tormented is this team? A couple of years ago, the Minnesota Miracle, the Diggs catch, then Two years ago, the the call that wasn't made against the Rams. Then last year, the in the in the wild in the in the first round, they lose at home to the Vikings. 
You know, I think that the Vikings have been a real thorn in the side to the Saints these last couple of years, and I just think that defense against a average offensive line and an offensive line that if they have to throw the ball is not going to hold up against that Saints pass rush. So I'm thinking the Saints are going to really put a hurting on the Vikings uh, tomorrow. I think they're going to win this game by at least 17 points tomorrow. So I don't have a view or as confident as far as the under and over, uh, but I think the Saints are going to win this game big tomorrow. Interesting. Okay. All right. So Christmas Day, uh, as we talked about. Uh, so any in particular plays that you like on the player prop side of this ball game? Yeah, I didn't pull up the player props, um, but I will I'll tell you a player that I'm going to use in my DraftKings, uh, and I will play player props. The player that I I've been um, I had on my don't draft list when we started doing it before the season started because he was touchdown dependent. <clears throat> but I'm going to go with Jared Cook to have a good game tomorrow against the Vikings. If if Kendrick is out for this game, I just think that Cook is a guy that um, can have a big game maybe five or six catches, uh, maybe a touchdown as well, maybe 60, 70 yards. So Cook is going to be my my play of the day uh, as far as DraftKings go. What do you say? Uh, so for me, I, I look at, at the player prop side of this, and I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the, the total passing – sorry, receiving yards for the Viking receivers is much too low, 65-and-a-half for Justin Jefferson – uh, for Adam Thielen, it's 58-and-a-half. Probably feel a little bit more confident with Jefferson because he's been the guy that's really been getting the f- getting more of the extended plays down the field. But like I said, my view on the game is it's going to be a high-scoring ball game. So I think both of those guys' uh, yardage totals are, are too low. I like the over on both of them, 65-and-a-half and Justin Jefferson, 58-and-a-half for Adam Thielen. All righty. Any um, under-the-radar guys, any guys uh... – that you're looking at, uh, so you're going to be on the Irv Smith bandwagon as well without Rudolph. I know you've, uh, you know, talking up that player a few times on the podcast. Uh, who's an under the radar guy that you're uh, looking at? Yeah, definitely Irv Smith Jr. I think one guy to watch for for, for the New Orleans Saints because uh, that receiver, like I said, there's a lot of injuries on this team, but I think you could see one of these kind of off the run guys. Uh, who might produce something, Harris potentially, Callaway, who had a big game earlier in the season. I think one of those guys, you may want to sprinkle him in to make a big play in this particular game. Manuel Sanders will get his, but somebody else is going to have to catch the ball down the field for the Saints. You know, you mentioned Jared Cook, but I look at one of those receivers maybe kind of sneaking in and doing some damage this week. In Minnesota, as we know, Callaway was just activated right off. The correct. Day. Was he on the COVID list? No, I, I either COVID list or an injury list, but he's been activated. Oh, so. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that would be, yeah, right. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he was uh, injured, injured reserve, but I just saw that he was activated. Yeah, Callaway could be a could, it could be a good one. I like I like that one as well. So uh, we'll see how it goes. You're recommending over. I'm recommending the Saints in a blowout, and um, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. All right. Well, look, it's been uh, it's been an interesting year. We're winding it down. If you're in your championship, great, awesome. I know Wiz is in a champ, a couple of championships. I got three of them coming up. I'm, I'm definitely nervous about it. I've got some tough decisions. 
Uh, we'll come back to you again with Love Him and Leave Him this week. We're going to do that on Saturday morning before all those games kick off on Saturday. So we'll have a lot more coming at you. Hopefully, hopefully you've had a nice Hanukkah thus far and you have a good Christmas. It's a strange year. Stay safe, everybody. And uh, we we'll look forward to coming back and talking to you on Saturday. And uh, that's it for uh, Guru and Wiz, who are on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Wiz, I wish you a good Christmas. Enjoy the day. And uh, we will talk on Saturday morning. All the best. You, you do the same. <laughs>